Today is Monday, September 27th, 2021. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Coming up, we dive headfirst into a very packed dirt racing weekend, including the Four Crown at Eldora, Lucas at Brownstown, some big wins for two teenagers, a couple more champions were crowned, and more. Before we get going, if you'd like a free and easy way to support what I'm doing, you can subscribe and follow the show and leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you watch or listen. That will ensure you don't miss future episodes and will help others find the show as well. You can also follow at Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And DirtTracker.com is home to a bunch of cool dirt racing content, including analytics, updated news, and a whole lot more. Now let's do this. The day job kept me from doing a Friday episode, and so of course there was a bunch of news that happened uh, on Thursday and Friday. We'll get to all of it as we talk about the races come, kind of coming up here. We'll start first with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series at Brownstown Speedway. This is uh, a championship battle we've been watching play out kind of all summer, but unfortunately for one contender, their shot at this thing is over. Back on Thursday, it was announced that Jonathan Davenport would miss the weekend after he and two of his crew members tested positive for covid the three absences took Davenport from third to fifth in the Lucas standings following the weekend, and he's now nearly 700 points behind McCready for the lead. That leaves just Hudson O'Neill with any shot of tracking down McCready. Uh, unfortunate situation for Davenport. Probably wasn't going to win the championship anyway, but this obviously takes him completely out of contention. Back to Thursday night, the Lucas Late Models were in action for the remainder of the Indiana Icebreaker that was postponed from the spring. The event was pushed back because of uh, rough track conditions, and unfortunately, things weren't a whole lot better on Thursday night. Uh, the track got a bunch of rain earlier in the week, and it was again rough, and it caught a bunch of drivers out during the feature. Billy Moyer Jr. got hit with a big dirt clod and ended up in 23rd. He was okay afterwards. Other drivers with tough finishes on the night included Ricky Thornton Jr., Shane Clanton, Josh Richards, Kyle Bronson, and others. Out front, though, it was all Brandon Shepard. He led all 50 laps en route to his first Lucas win of 2021. Steve Casebolt, Devin Moran, O'Neill, and Jimmy Owens completed the top five. Friday and Saturday then at Brownstown were the two nights of the Jackson 100 weekend, and Friday's feature was drama-filled. The race turned into a nice battle between Josh Rice and Tyler Erb, with the two swapping the lead three times. Herb took over for good on lap 29 when Rice broke and was forced to the pit area. It was a sucky way for Rice to end uh, kind of up out of the fight. Herb led the final 12 laps and picked up his seventh win of 2021 with Lucas. When Herb emerged in victory lane, though, he was showered with boos from the fans in attendance who were upset with earlier race contact between Herb and local favorite Hudson O'Neill that left O'Neill spun out. Hudson uh, missed the bottom in turns three and four, and Herb filled the gap early in the race, and O'Neill ended up spun out after the two made contact. O'Neill later ended up in 15th. Not sure I really blame Herb for the move. I think it was just kind of a tough deal for O'Neill. Uh, you're not going to find very many race car drivers that aren't going to try to fill that hole there. There was also some wild stuff between Devin Gilpin and Jimmy Owens. Following the caution for Josh Rice bowing out of the lead, Gilpin threw a slider at Owens into turn one, and Owens had to check up to not get into Gilpin. The two then made contact down the backstretch with Owens catching air and wheeling. I'm not sure I've ever seen a late model do a wheelie before. Owens was upset, and in turn, uh, into turn three, he wiped Gilpin out and ended up actually over the banking himself. Gilpin finished 18th, and Owens was 17th. Uh, definitely a wild moment there between the two drivers. You don't see Owens do something like that very often either. Behind Herb, McCready finished second, Bishop third, Devin Moran fourth, and Tanner English completed the top five. Over to Saturday, we were treated to a wild nearly photo finish. 
Jimmy Owens led uh, 95 of the 100 laps, but a late caution for Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, spun out, gave Devin Moran a chance. He took the lead from Owens shortly after the restart and led five laps before Owens got the top rolling again and slipped back by. On the final lap, Moran tried a slider uh, and briefly took the lead, but Owens powered past him down the backstretch. Coming to the checkered, Moran had a run onto the front straightaway, but Owens beat him to the line by 79 one thousandths of a second. It was Owens' second Lucas win of the year. Moran settled for second with Tanner English third, Earl Pearson Jr. fourth, and Mike Marler was fifth. A 12th place finish for T-Max saw his 13 race top 10 streak busted, but he did leave the weekend with a 340 point advantage in the standings over O'Neill. There are just six features left in the season. It's only a matter of time now for McCready and him winning his first Lucas championship. This coming weekend, Lucas has two more races, Friday night at Raceway 7 in Ohio, and Saturday is the 33rd annual Pittsburgher 100. Back from the West Coast stretch, what about Outlaws Sprint Car Series was at Eldora on Friday night as part of the Four Crown weekend, and then they took on Lernerville Speedway on Saturday night. On Friday night at Eldora, Donnie Schatz led early from the second starting position, but got held up in lap traffic late in the going, and Logan Schuhart was able to go by him. Even with an engine that sounded like it was going sour, Schuhart was able to hold the field off in the closing laps and get his sixth outlaw win of 2021. James McFadden, David Gravel, Donnie Schatz, and Tyler Courtney completed the top five. The big story of the night, though, was not one but two flat right rear tires for championship leader Brad Sweet. The tough luck pushed him down the order, and he finished 19th, with, uh, which ended his 18-race top 10 streak. That, combined with a podium finish for David Gravel, saw Sweet's championship points lead cut way down. Gravel would again gain ground on Saturday night at Lernerville. After starting on the pole but dropping back in the early laps, Gravel would march his way back forward, eventually taking the lead from Brad Sweet following a caution for A.J. Flick. Gravel led the final 13 laps to bag his 10th win of the season. Sweet settled for second with Shots third, McFadden fourth, and Sheldon Hoddenshield in fifth. Before the weekend, Sweet's lead was 156 points, but following the two nights, it's down to 120. With only nine race nights left, though, I still think it's a tough task for Gravel. 120 points is 60 positions effectively, so Gravel still needs to beat Sweet by nearly seven positions a night on average over these final weeks to get back to even. Not impossible, but this still feels like we're headed for three straight titles for Brad Sweet. Big hap tip on the weekend to Wayne Johnson. He started on the pole at Eldora and was outside front row at Lernerville before grabbing finishes of 7th and 10th for the weekend. For a driver that had just a single top 10 result in 2020, this season has been a massive improvement for the pilot of the 2C. He's now got 10 top 10s this season, has led laps, and his average finish is nearly three positions better. Coming up this weekend, the final crown jewel event of the season looms with the National Open at Williams Grove on tap. Following the Friday night show at Eldora, the All-Stars took the Outlaws' place as the wing division at the Four Crown on Saturday. We had more driver movement against uh, amongst the full-time teams, though, with the Friday announcement that Spencer Baston was departing the McGee 11 for another opportunity. McGee moved quickly to fill the seat, tapping Parker Price Miller for the future. It's been a tough season for that 11 car. They started out the season with Ian Madsen behind the wheel, but that pairing ended in June during Ohio Sprint Speed Week. Baston then took over, and the success came pretty quickly with wins at the Lou Blaney Memorial at Sharon, the Brad Doty Classic at Attica with the Outlaws, and then most recently at Attica on September 4th. 
In between, though, J.J. Grasso and Kel Thomas have also been behind the wheel of the 11 when based and had other commitments. McGee told Speed Sports Kyle McFadden that they were planning to run the full outlaw schedule with Baston next season before he informed the team at Port Royal that he was leaving for another ride. He also said, quote, I'm not trying to make it look like a shit can to driver for no reason because that's not the case. You know how these keyboard warriors are. I'm tired of looking like the revolving door. We have fast as shit stuff. I'm not trying to sound biased. We know we're one of the top cars, end quote. You can definitely understand his frustration, especially with the success they've had this season. Besides PPM, McGee will field the 11 for Cole Duncan at upcoming races at Atomic, plus the All-Star Finale at Fremont. As for Basin, there hasn't been an announcement yet on his future, but I'm guessing we'll hear something soon. On to Saturday Night's feature, the field saw a whole bunch of the back of Rico Abreu's number 24. He started second and led all 30 laps en route to his 10th career All-Star win in his 100th series start. And in just his second night in the McGee 11, PPM tried to challenge Rico late but settled for the second position. Ayrton Jeniton kept a nice first ever weekend at Eldora with a third place result, and that was after finishing eighth the night before with the Outlaws. Jeniton is working with Brian Brown's former crew chief, Chad Morgan, and that has paid dividends for the young Missouri driver. Cap Henry and Zeb Wise completed the top five. The bad luck for uh, Tyler Courtney continued, though. He suffered a flat right rear tire late and couldn't get out of the work area in time. He finished 22nd. Courtney now has six straight finishes of 14th or worse in all-star competition. Series is off now until their final weekend at Fremont on October 8th and 9th. The other four features at the Eldora or at Eldora as part of the four crown weekend were of the USAC variety. On Friday night in the midget show, Tyler Courtney uh, snuck by Chris Windham on lap 12 and led the rest of the way in a nonstop feature. It was Courtney's first USAC midget win of 2021 after just missing out on the series championship in 2020. Logan CV, Windham, Buddy Kofoid, and Spencer Basin completed the top five. If you might remember, Kofoid entered the weekend with a slight 10-point advantage over Wyndham in the midget standings, but a pair of weekend fourth-place finishes for Kofoid weren't enough to keep the championship lead. Why, you might ask? Because Wyndham was very good on Saturday night. He went fourth to the lead on lap one and never looked back, grabbing his first career USAC midget win at Eldora. Baston and CV tried to mount charges in the closing stages but couldn't make moves. CV ended up second, Baston was third, Kofoid again fourth, and Sunshine was fifth. The third on Friday and the Saturday win pushed Wyndham into the series points lead with Kofoid now two points back in second. It's going to be a really fun battle to watch play out with still 11 nights to go. In Saturday night's sprint car feature, Tyler Courtney bagged his second win at four crown. Sunshine battle with CV through the middle stages after Wyndham led early. Courtney was banging the boards and finally took over for good on lap 22 and he drove away to his second non-wing win of the season. Both of those coming at Eldora. C.V. Wyndham, Justin Grant, and Isaac Chapel were the rest of the top five. Brady Bacon continues to lead the USAC sprint points by a healthy 71 markers over Kevin Thomas Jr. The other championship battle with USAC that has been very close is with the Silver Crown Series. Cody Swanson came into Eldora with a 16-point lead over Logan C.V., but following C.V.'s dominating win on Saturday night, the gap is just one point. Tyler Courtney sat on the pole and led the opening lap, but from there, it was all C.V. out front. He earned his second series win of 2021 with Matt Westfall hard charging from 14th to finish second. Shane Cottle third, Brady Bacon fourth, and Swanson ended up in the fifth position. Just one race now remains to settle the championship with the Silver Crown cars headed to Toledo on October 10th. The fact that the finale is on an asphalt track should bode well though for Swanson. 
This fight, though, I think would definitely come down to the final lap. In other weekend sprint car action, we had big wins uh, for two teenage drivers. Corey Day grabbed his first ever 410 win out in California with the King of the West Series. At Keller Auto Speedway on Saturday night, he battled with Tim Kading early and uh, then drove away to the victory. The 15-year-old driver has been very impressive this season and has the backing of former World of Outlaws champion Jason Myers. And in South Dakota on Sunday, 15-year-old Ryan Timms topped Brooke Tattnall and Justin Henderson in the season finale at Husets. Timms has been running a bunch of 360 stuff and midgets this season. Henderson was crowned the Husets 410 track champion. And with the IRA, the Friday night show was rained out while No Gas took the victory in the season finale at the Plymouth Dirt Track. Jake Blackhurst is your 2021 IRA Sprint Car Champion. In other weekend late model action, what an outing for Hunt the Front's Joseph Joyner. He led the final 65 laps and held off Matt Henderson and Cade Dillard in the closing stages to score the $50,000 win at the Super B100. It was a great late model race. Definitely the biggest win of Joyner's career. That should be a fun video coming up on the Hunt the Front YouTube channel. The only thing on the streaming schedule for today is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Monday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.